Great by Choice by Jim Collins. One sentence summary. Great by Choice analyzes what makes the world's best companies thrive in even the most uncertain and chaotic times by distilling nine years of research and great stories into three actionable principles. My favorite quote from the author is, Greatness is first and foremost a matter of conscious choice and discipline. Jim Collins. Jim Collins is not playing games. Here's what he does. He researches a topic for at least five years. Then he writes a book about it. As plain and simple as writing that sentence was, as hard as doing the actual work. After six years of research and publishing Built to Last, Jim retreated to his cave for another seven years, the result of which was good to great, only to work on his next book, Great by Choice, for nine years. The man is clearly obsessed with good results and his hard work pays off. My friend Catherine based her latest fantastic product, The Self Journal, largely on the principles in this book. So it was about time to reread this blinks. Here are the three biggest lessons from the book. 1. Great companies have incredible discipline. 2. You should innovate only when the evidence supports it. 3. Never rely on luck or chance to take care of things. Instead, maximize them by working hard. Want to choose to be great? Let's do it. Great by choice, lesson one. Fanatic discipline is a trait of great companies. This answers the question, what is the central defining trait of a truly great company? Collins uses the, uses the story of the two most famous expeditions to the South Pole. Both started simultaneously in 1910. One not only reached the South Pole first, but also returned home safe and sound, while the other, in addition to losing the race, never made it back. What set Roald Amundsen's winning team apart was mainly one single rule they obeyed during their journey. They would walk 20 miles every single day, no matter the weather conditions. On bad days, they had to fight to reach those 20 miles. On good days, they had to hold themselves back to not go further. But in doing this, they conserved their energy and could manage their resources a lot better and consistently make progress. The competitors walked as far as they could, exerted all their energy and when critical conditions hit, had none left. This story has sparked the now common notion of the 20-mile march, which is exactly what great companies rely on, says Collins. They set long-term goals like a portfolio of 100 products, a certain growth rate per year, or testing 50 innovations, and then consistently take action on a day-to-day -day basis to reach them. That's why habits are the route to success. For example, writing this summary is my 20-mile march for today. After that, I have done my duty and can rest. Great by choice, lesson two. You should only innovate when the evidence supports it. This answers the question, when should companies really focus on innovation? Yes, great companies are innovative, but not just for the sake of being innovative. You don't see Apple throwing new products on the market every other week, do you? There's a reason for that. Jim Collins calls it firing bullets first, then cannonballs. Back in 2001, Apple released the first iPod but it wasn't the iPod you know today. It was a field test, and you can see that in the fact that it was only Mac compatible. Low risk, low cost, and it didn't distract them too much from working on their computers. When Mac users liked it, they shot another bullet at them, iTunes. Giving users an option to download their music legally and cheaply directly to their iPod provided another piece of evidence. 
Only when both test runs were successful did Apple open up and come out with iTunes and iPod for non-Mac computers a year later. That's evidence-based innovation, and that's what you should practice. Great by choice, lesson three. Never rely on luck or chance to take care of things. Instead, maximize them by working hard. This answers the question, what is the best path to reach greatness when looking at your work ethic? If you know the basics of investing, you know that ROI means return on investment. Every investor tries to maximize it, because the higher it gets, the more money you make per dollar invested. Jim says leaders do something similar, but they maximize their ROL, return on luck. That's because, in spite of what all the magazines, YouTube videos, news, Instagram channels and other media you see and follow tell you, success does not happen overnight. Do you know when I seem to be the most lucky? When I work my ass off. There's a Latin saying from school, which I'll never forget. Fortis fortuna adjuvat. It's more commonly known as fortune favors the bold. But fortis also means the strong ones. Guess who's strong? He who works a lot. Bill Gates didn't sit back in his chair and rest on his Harvard College education when he read that magazine that gave him the idea to start creating computer products. He dropped out, moved to Albuquerque and worked. Don't ever wait for luck to swoop in and save the day. The only way you can make that happen is by working hard and consistently. Because then you create so many opportunities that luck can eventually show its support. My personal takeaways from Great by Choice for 2017. I think the very first thing you have to say, you have to give credit to Jim Collins for, is that he practices what he preaches, right? He's very disciplined. He says, I will not write a book until I have perfectly understood this, until I have a gigantic field study of hundreds of companies, until I have all the data, all the research I need. Um, and then only then when I have understood and researched everything there possibly is to know, only then will I write the book. And that's what he continues to do, right? That's why he has only three or four books out and not 10 or 20 or 15 over the course of 20 years. So he definitely practices this discipline that he attributes to great companies also. I think discipline is also one of the if i mean it's difficult because sometimes people call it discipline sometimes people call it willpower i think discipline is i like discipline as a word because it doesn't it doesn't put the emphasis on things like willpower or motivation or these other fleeting concepts because the truth is i'm just good at being disciplined uh and i always have been i just haven't self-directed this discipline as much um, before I started all this but I've always been good at being disciplined right so in the school in school even like I would always do my homework like and I just did my homework right so and I never wanted to do it of course nobody does but I still did my homework and I still woke up and went to school and didn't sleep in or, or go late or skip school or something like that. So I think and discipline is independent of motivation and sometimes even independent of willpower because like today, I haven't slept, I haven't slept very long today. Um, I've done all of the must-dos um, I have done, right? I'm recording these summaries right now. I try to get as many done as possible. I could stop. It's like 5, 10 p.m. so I, i've been up since i've been working since 
7.30 or something in the morning. I could stop. But I'm just good at being disciplined. So, like, motivation, I don't care, right? Willpower, I record more. Like, okay, as long as I can do more, I'll do more. Um, so I, that's why I really like discipline as, as a term, as a word. And I think if you focused on using that word more and instead of willpower or motivation, you would look less to external sources to try to get it. Right, because you, when you realize discipline is is very much independent, it's just about managing your time, and taking the time to work on these things, and then showing up every single damn day and doing your thing, whether it's good or bad or shitty or genius, doesn't matter. You just show up and do it. Um, that changes a lot, I think. Um, never looked at it that way, actually, in terms of motivation, willpower, and so on. Like disconnecting the the three. It's discipline, good word remember that one innovate only when the evidence supports it um yes and no i mean the whole cannonball bullets then cannonballs the whole thing makes sense but that's still like an extension and an extension extension product of what was already out there in terms of when you look at the ipod example again so it was horizontal progress not vertical i think there are some cases like startups like paypal like uh, Facebook at the time, like MySpace at the time, like maybe drones when they first came out for for cameras. There are things that just haven't been there before and you are actually the one who has to sell them to the world until the world believes you. So I think there are some cases, but that's mostly startups and not big companies, where you really have to innovate without evidence. And you have to trust that there will be a business model to be found later on. Um, that said, I think for 90% of the stuff and products we do, and especially if you're a solo entrepreneur or something of the sort, yeah, you just innovate. Just like fire your small bullets first and then do cannonballs. Lastly, the th last thing, return on luck. I had forgotten that term, but it's a good term. Um, I've recently written something about return on time, which is similar in that each hour you invest pays you back for a long time, which is the case with stuff like online content, uh, as opposed to working at Foot Locker where your hour is compensated with $15 and you get those at the end of the week and you're done. And that hour is done and lost and doesn't pay you anymore. Um, return on luck. Uh, I wrote a post, uh, I think last year or early, th early this year, about called the Gary V Matrix. If you go to nicholasgirke.com slash Gary V Matrix, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, you will find it. And because he talked about in one video, he, he always talks about working a lot, working hard, working your ass off, and so on. Um, and then he in one video he also said, yeah, you can't influence like luck or circumstance or talent or and, and he mentioned a couple things. And I realized, well, that's true. And the graphic I made it sort of resembled this very idea of Jim Collins that. The quadrant where you control it um, and uh, it's internal, that's like work, right? Your work ethic, like how much time do you put in? That's up to you. And then how much luck you have is depends on that because more work, more opportunities created, more chances to be lucky, obviously, you will get luckier. And then uh, talent, obviously, the more you use your talent, the, sh the sharper it gets. So if you let your talent sit idle, nothing's going to happen with it. So again, depends on work. And then lastly, your environment, uh, you can influence that a little bit, but has also some effects um, because usually 
changes to your environment. So, so let's say someone offers you to use a tool for free because they've read your blog and they see you're prolific and they will say, hey, do you want to use our SEO tool for free for six months? Happened to me last year. That was a positive environment change that happened because of my work ethic. So in the end, work is the only variable you control. So like, what's your choice, right? Like, even if it doesn't matter if other people are more intelligent, luckier, more talented, happier, whatever, the only variable you control, the only option you have is work. And so I really like that. That resonates a lot with me. Okay, I hope you learned something. Hope you took something away. And see you on the next summary.